What is up, Next Level fam? Thank you so much for joining another episode of Health Explained. I'm your host, Alexis Smith, and today we'll be discussing COVID-19 vaccine hesitancy. Today I have with me one of our incredible associate medical directors, Dr. Will Judy. Dr. Judy has been with Next Level for Gosh, almost eight years now. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Well, thank you so much for joining us to talk about COVID-19 vaccine hesitancy. It was totally accidental, but we basically kicked off our podcast with a three-episode vaccine series, and I think this is just really the perfect topic to wrap it all up. Um, So I wanted to start with the question of what are your thoughts on how the vaccine rollout is going so far? Um, I'm, I'm pleased. Uh, this is so far, this is the middle of February, 2021. And, uh, I'm, I'm pleased with the way it's going. There's inertia. And I've said, I've been saying this for a couple of weeks and actually after a month, I've been predicting, uh, things are like the supply is really low now, but there's going to be inertia. There's going to be millions of doses coming out. So let's work on the infrastructure out there. So because once these vaccines are available and if it's plugged into the system, uh, it's going to be distributed uh, uh, in a, an efficient way, in a way that we need it, because this is a huge project. But uh, middle of February uh, 20, 2021, it's looking good. The supply, there's, the supply is coming. Uh, right now, the, the, there is more demand than supply. Um, but again, this was predicted, and the infrastructure is getting there. The supply is coming. So there's inertia. So I'm happy with the way it's going at, at this point. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I know, you know, on the one hand, we have people that really want the vaccine right now, but are struggling to find an appointment anywhere. Um, yeah. And then on the other hand, we still have quite a few people who are uh, a little bit nervous about getting the vaccine altogether. Maybe they're um, on the fence and waiting it out, or maybe they've just decided the vaccine's not for them. Um, have you found that there is more hesitancy in certain populations? Yeah, there is. There's overall hesitancy uh, in this country uh, for the vaccines, and it's just it's, like, this is nothing new. There is vaccine hesitancy has been a thing for a while, and it's been increasing over the years for various reasons. Uh, but this specifically for the COVID-19 vaccine, uh, I think I've, some numbers show that 20% of Americans absolutely will not get it. Uh, another 30% are kind of on the fence. They're like, I don't know. They're skeptical. And I'm all about skepticism. Skepticism is healthy if it's based in reality. Uh, if it's rooted right. in reason, skepticism is absolutely healthy, uh, and especially in times like, like these. And uh, myself, I was skeptical of the vaccines in the summer of 2020. I was thinking, man, vaccines take 10 years or so, six to 10 years to develop. And now they're thinking about developing this one in, in, in eight months or something. I was, I was like, wow, that's, that's too fast. They must be cutting corners. They, it must be, there must be a safety issue. But uh, I've been, I've been on to, I've been studying the, the, the studies I'm, I'm part of a study. So the data for these COVID vaccines coming out, we'll just say specifically the mRNA vaccines, the Pfizer and Moderna ones that are out now, the data uh, is good. And there are so many scientists out there vouching for it. Uh, I'm a scientist. I'm part of that community. So to to see all these scientists vouching 
for this vaccine, the safety of it and the efficacy that it does work is really calming down. It's reassuring. It was reassuring for me personally. And I've gotten uh, two doses of the vaccine. And uh, so many of my uh, counterparts have as well. So hesitancy is out there. Again, if it's rooted in, in, in reason, like I just talked about, like uh, uh, then we can go somewhere. But uh, there, there are some, there is some hesitancy, hesitancy out there that is rooted in just in, in garbage. Uh, and I, I hate to call it that, but uh, just kind of conspiracy yeah. theories and things that are absolutely unproven and, 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 and frankly wacky. And that's the kind of frustrating part. Uh, but now specific populations, uh, I've seen data that a hesitancy is uh, increased in, in people living in rural areas. Uh, and actually 30 to 49 year olds in general tend to be more hesitant, which kind of surprised me. Uh, and then and listen, in the black and brown population, it's well documented that there is uh, a little, it's not a ton more hesitancy, but it is more hesitancy in the black and brown population. And uh, again, we can go through all the reasons why people are, Americans are skeptical, uh, of vaccines, but with the black and brown population, you have an extra layer of history that adds to that number, and it's, it's another barrier to get over. As if we're talking about vaccine hesitancy, right? So, for our young listeners, um, and maybe even especially our young white listeners they might not remember a time when medical research was really unethical. Um, can you talk about the history there specifically with the black and brown populations? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And young white people, actually a lot of young black people or black and brown people, it's not that they don't remember is that they, they were never taught this in the first place. Uh, so again, this part of my role in really more uh, in society is to educate people because that's the only way we can move forward. So uh, quick, just a quick history lesson with um, uh, black and brown populations and then medical research uh, uh, more, more generally. Uh, you, back in the 1800s, there was a, a fellow named J. Marion Sims, S-I-M-S. Uh, he's called the father of modern gynecology, uh, an American. Uh, and it's been documented. He had he performed horrible experiments in uh, and black uh, Americans uh, back then. Um, he he became his father of modern gynecology from the knowledge he gained with uh, uh, these hor horrible uh, experiments. And you can you can Google it. Uh, I won't really go into it uh, in this podcast, but uh, you will shake your head. Um, grave robbers back in the early 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, uh, grave robbers were, well, were, were directed toward uh, uh, black and brown uh, people that had just died to dig them up out of the graves and use them uh, for uh, medical school. Um, Tuskegee, the, the famous one is the uh, Tuskegee syphilis um, study uh, in the 1900s, again, in Alabama here in this country. Uh, they didn't inject syphilis into people. What they did was when black uh, Americans in Alabama were diagnosed with syphilis, they did not treat them. They kind of said, let's see what happens if we, if we withhold treatment and follow them for decades. Uh, I mean, this, this went well into the, uh, into the 40s and uh, even 50s, probably beyond. Uh, so that's kind of the, one of the more famous ones. That's the one that 
uh, Black uh, Americans still remember uh, to this day. Uh, and it's just, again, another example of, um, of the history of what contributes to the uh, skepticism in this country. And then with medical research, again, all, the, all these things were done in the name of science to advance science, but it was to the detriment of uh, black and black and brown people in this country. Um, one of the last straws as far as medical research was um, World War II of the Nazis. Um, and again, the Nazis did a, a lot of nasty things to, uh, to humans in the name of science, to advance science, to advance knowledge, but absolutely, obviously unethical, horrible things that were done to, uh, to fellow humans. So more specifically with, or generally with medical research, what happened after World War II was that science started to become more of a thing. We wanted more uh, pharmaceuticals and, and, and antibiotics. And so medical research, uh, medical studies became a thing. But I think especially after World War II, the medical research community went through great lengths to not go down that road. And they put a lot of ethical, um, a lot of ethics into uh, medical research, uh, and they've actually done a really good job over the decades. Uh, I'm uh, what's called a principal investigator. I'm uh, kind of run studies, uh, and in my, my training to get to become a, a principal investigator, you have to watch a lot of um, podcasts, a lot of uh, slides uh, uh, about medical ethics. It was a lot. Uh, and they really go out of their way to, to make sure that me as a principal investigator running a medical study, that we keep patient safety as priority number one. Uh, and they go through great lengths to, uh, to make that happen. And so it's a stark contrast to what happened in our history. But I would say since World War II, uh, medical the science, the field of medicine, and specifically uh, medical research, has done a, a really good job of putting these ethical uh, protections uh, for uh, uh, patients. That's really good to hear. Um, and, and I know you talked a little bit about you know those young listeners that haven't been educated on the history. So we're finding then, it, is it true that mostly the older population is the one that's more skeptical um, of new medicine and COVID nineteen vaccine? especially, um, or are we, is it 50, 50 split between the young people and the older generations? I don't know that split. I don't know the numbers. It's hard to glean, to, to glean those numbers. Uh, things are just happening so quickly. Uh, and I'm sticking just to COVID-19 vaccine, uh, because older people tend to understand the value of getting the vaccine because it could, it's, they're more at risk. So, uh, but, they have more memories of the uh, Tuskegee syphilis study and uh, uh, other kind of social reasons to distrust government. Uh, older uh, black and brown people have fresher memories of that. Uh, so it's, it's a little bit complex. Younger people tend to be, tend to feel more invincible. And uh, mm -hmm. so that may increase their skepticism because they just don't think they're at risk. So yeah, it's hard, it's hard to glean out a percentage. In most cases, um, you know, based on your little history lesson you gave us, uh, the part of the population that is nervous about getting the COVID-19 vaccine, um, they're 
their nervousness is valid um, or their fear is valid, why should they believe our modern researchers now? What can we tell them as modern researchers um, to encourage them to go for this new medicine? That's a wonderful, wonderful question. Um, and you're absolutely right that uh, skepticism when it's based in, in reason is absolutely valid, and I'll I'll talk all day to people. Uh, now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm gonna convince them. Uh, that's what really I'm not, I'm not trying to convince them, but I just want to let them know why I believe in the science behind the uh, the, the COVID nineteen vaccine. So you're absolutely right. Uh, you have to allow black and brown people to navigate this uh, this space because because the concerns they have are valid uh, when you layer on uh, the the history um, uh, over the the just the general uh, skepticism out there and personally again me as a physician uh, as a scientist uh, I believe in in the vaccine I'll vouch for it and what I uh, do is just I explain the reasons why I believe in the science, why I believe it is safe, why I believe society is going to be better with as many people vaccinated as possible to get back to a more normal uh, society as quickly as possible. So, and there is evidence that when providers, uh, uh, physicians or, or PAs, nurse practitioners, when we recommend the vaccine, there is increased acceptance uh, to, to, the vaccine, and especially if it's someone that's, uh, again, black or brown, um, uh, it, it goes a long way. Yeah. So at the beginning of our conversation, you mentioned having skepticism yourself about the vaccine. What were a couple of questions that you asked and how did you ultimately come around to deciding that the vaccine was right for you? Yeah, for me, it was the speed of it. Uh, it again, I just, I know the vaccines take a long time to to. to go from uh, a thought to going into people's arms. Uh, again, six, 10 years is, is average. Um, so that's a part that gave me skepticism. So in my research, this, the mRNA vaccines that are out now, the Pfizer and Moderna ones, uh, the, te the technology is not new. It's been around for, for 30 years or so. But we scientists have gotten really good at it over the last uh, about 10 years ago. We, we started to get really good at this at, at this technology, uh, this mRNA vaccine, uh, which which if you didn't haven't talked about it before, uh, uh, you might hear it in the next episode. But it, it's elegant. It's quick. And it has proven safety. Uh, so they were able just to basically take a part of a genome, plug it into this and rapidly uh, uh, produce it. Now, the part that you can't rush is seeing if it's safe to give it to tens of thousands of people, either placebo or the, um, or the, the vaccine and look at both groups and see if it's safe. So uh, we, we were lucky in that we had a lot of people willing to be in uh, a study as a participant. I was one of them. I was in the Pfizer study. So I got to see things from both sides. Right. And then the numbers, the data that came out looked great. And a lot of other people read the data and vouched for it. A lot of other scientists, I should say, that know this. Uh, and listen, if, if, this, if these vaccines were unsafe, if we were seeing some nasty side effects, some deaths, some, some, some crazy stuff going on, 
no way you would have these scientists out there vouching for it. They know, again, we don't want to cause people harm, um, uh, we being scientists. Uh, we don't want to go on TV vouching for this vaccine if it's going to cause problems. Uh, we don't make money from it. We don't. There's no. There's there's no reason okay. for that. So that really set put my mind at ease. Um, yes, it's way faster than other vaccine trials have been, but it has to be uh, because COVID nineteen is not stopping. It's. Uh, I mean, to date, we have almost five hundred thousand people dead. Uh, and that's probably an underestimation, but science kind of rallied and we had the technology and they've made it work. It's, and we've been surprised, um, how safe and how quickly we've been able to do it, but kudos to all those smart scientists out there that, that made this happen. For those that are currently on the fence about getting the COVID-19 vaccine when it's available to them, or for those trying to, uh, convince their friends and family members to get the vaccine, do you have any words of advice for them or, or maybe places for them to look uh, in order to see that kind of scientific information that that convinced you to go for it? Yeah, if you read the studies, it can get kind of wonky and, and all these big words. And, and even I kind of fall asleep sometimes with some of those, uh, those mm-hmm. words. The, what I'd recommend is, look, um, when, quote, normal people are going to get the vaccine or be uh, uh, be able to get it, it's going to be probably April-ish, maybe late March, April. So you're going to have months and months and months of millions of people that have already got the vaccine. So you can look, you look at them and you can see, well, none of them have grown horns or, or uh, yeah, we're not, you, can, is it like, you can see how we have done, we being, because the people first getting it are going to be healthcare providers and people at high risk. Uh Look, look at us as an example. Uh, I think that's going to go a long way with uh, reducing skepticism. Um, trust scientists. Uh, part of I know part of the skepticism is not trusting government and politicians politicizing all this uh, stuff. I, I totally get that, but push them aside. Just go. Just just lean, just trust the scientists. And if you have a, a provider, uh, a doctor. Uh, 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 primary care physician, uh, see what they think, ask them. Uh, we're a little bit more plugged into the science part of it. And if there's any concerns, then you could definitely uh, talk uh, to them about it. And that that's my, that would be my advice. Well, thank you so much for, uh, for all of your advice and for talking about this very important topic today with us. We appreciate you. And, uh, thanks again for being on, uh, Help explained. You're very welcome. Stay safe out there, everybody.